the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Revelation. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. I mean, you start to see billions of people dying around you, that ought to wake you up pretty quickly, right? You start to see, you're like, you know... The world's falling apart. We got all this stuff happening here. I better get right with Jesus. Yeah, it's your come to Jesus moment, literally. And so people will be able to get saved during that time. But here's what's going to happen. When they don't receive the mark of the beast, we'll talk about that later, 666. We get to Revelation 13. And they don't have the capacity to buy or sell and or they don't worship the beast who demands to be worshiped. They will be martyred. As Pastor Gary walks through what each seal means, what each new wave of judgment brings, there's this increasing intensity that we see. He's not a mean God who's out to get us. Simply put, he doesn't wish any one of us to perish. He wants us to spend eternity with him. So he does what's necessary to turn our boats around, even during this tribulation time. You may have been left behind when the rapture happened, but you'll still be given an opportunity not to side with the evil one. So seize it. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Revelation chapter 6 with today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. The book of Daniel tells us that the Antichrist comes onto, onto the world scene as a very charismatic political leader who will be very charming and will be able to secure a peace deal between Jews and Gentiles. And I think that the word Gentiles probably also refers to the fact that there has been for many decades an attempt to broker a deal between Jews and Christians and Muslims on the Temple Mount. Then-President Bill Clinton came very close to securing a peace deal between Yasser Arafat at the time, who was the leader of the PLO, and Ehud Barak at the time, who was Prime Minister of Israel. It was very close to becoming a peace deal, but Yasser Arafat did not agree to the terms, even though he was being given more than 90% of what he asked for. And so there will come a time when some geopolitical leader, very charismatic, influential person, will be able to broker a peace deal between Jews and Christians and Muslims, and the temple will be rebuilt. You know, presently there's not a temple in Jerusalem. It hasn't been there since 70 AD since it was destroyed by the Romans under Emperor Titus Vespasian. But there will come a day again when the temple will be rebuilt. Why? Because I just read to you from 2 Thessalonians 2. The Antichrist will set himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. The temple will be rebuilt. Daniel tells us that this great charismatic leader will, will dupe the Jewish people into a peace deal, and only halfway into it will he reveal himself for who he really is. Many of the Jews who do not presently believe, or 
at some point in the future believe that Jesus is Messiah will think that the Antichrist is Messiah. And so they will then believe that he is their hope until halfway into this peace deal, he reveals himself for who he really is, and then many of the Jewish people who put their trust in him will realize that they have been duped. The timing of the Antichrist, he will come to power after the rapture of the church. He will be overthrown and destroyed by the Lord Jesus Christ when Jesus returns. Now, the Bible says in Revelation 19.20 that he will be cast alive into the lake of fire. But he will be destroyed in the sense that he will be rendered powerless when Jesus returns and he will be overthrown. Could the Antichrist be on the world scene now? It's possible. It's possible that somebody in the wings... Some government influential political leader could be presently here, just has not come to the revelation of of who he is until, of course, we get closer to the return of Christ. So whether or not we will actually ever see the Antichrist, I don't know. We might see just the very beginning of his influence in the world, but the church is going to be taken before the Antichrist is really revealed. So how much we will really see of him or know of him is unknown. I hope I don't ever see the Antichrist. I have no desire to meet the Antichrist. If you do and you want to stick around for that, there's a problem. Uh, You shouldn't want that. You should want to get out of here as quick as possible. Well, verse 3, he says, Then when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come and see, and another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another, and there was given to him a great sword. So the second uh, horse that we see here is a red horse. The second seal is opened, and red is the color of terror and bloodshed. And so the, the second seal tells us that there's going to be war on, on the planet, and there's going to be the unleashing of the sword, which is a symbolic, of course, of terror. And then in verse 5, when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. And so I looked and behold, a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine. So a black horse comes now onto the world scene as the third seal is unrolled and and broken uh, by Jesus. And the black horse represents famine and economic collapse. And in particular here, he mentions that in verse 6, a quart of wheat for a denarius. Now, a quart of wheat is basically what was necessary to make a loaf of bread. And a denarius was a day's wage. So as part of the famine and economic collapse of this time that is spoken of here prophetically, if you just take, you know, an average salary of, if somebody makes like 50000 a year, a day's wage would mean that a loaf of bread is going to cost $200. And so, again, if you, if you think about, look at just our own immediate time that we're living in, where the coronavirus has greatly impacted the economy. People have lost their jobs. You know, businesses have been closed. Some businesses are not going to reopen. Some businesses have already permanently closed. Some major companies have have filed for bankruptcy. And so, I mean, and, and just think how fragile the economy is 
because of this virus. Before COVID really had an impact, none of us would have imagined that one virus would so dramatically impact the economy. And what, what our unemployment went from like 3% to over 10%, 11-12% around the country. And so look how fragile things are. And now because the world's economic systems are so interwoven, if one country falls economically, it's a domino effect. And it's not like the United States can by itself be economically unaffected if other countries begin to fall. If other countries fall, we're going to be pulled into the same economic collapse. If we have an economic collapse, other countries around the world are going to fall in the same way. So it's very interwoven, very interconnected, and very fragile as a result. And the Bible says that there's going to be this time of economic collapse and famine. Things are going to be expensive. I read the statistic that in the world, there are 821 million people who are labeled food insecure. Not sure where the next meal is going to come from. 821 million people, and of that number, 149 million are starving in our world today. So it won't take much. When you talk about what's going to happen in the world and economic collapse and famine, it's not going to take much to push literally tens of millions of people into starvation when there's economic collapse and famine in our world. It ends in verse 6 talking about the oil and the wine. Oil and wine are idioms for the wealthy. So there are going to be some who are not impacted by this. They have their stockpiles. They have their resources. But the great majority of people are going to be terribly impacted by what is coming in terms of famine and economic collapse. Verse 7, when he opened the fourth seal... I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, come and see. So I looked and behold, a pale horse and the name of him who sat on it was death and Hades followed with him and power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death and by the beasts of the earth. So the fourth seal is broken here. And when it is broken, John sees with it a pale horse. Now, in your Bibles, you can circle the word pale or highlight it if you have electronic Bibles. And the Greek word is chloros, C-H-L-O-R-O-S, chloros. We get our English word chlorophyll. So that's why we know that this doesn't mean pale. When we think of pale, we think of like, you know, the blood's been drained out of our face. You know, you, you look white as a ghost. But this is actually a greenish color. It's chloros. It is pale green. And this horse, this pale green horse, represents the death of many unbelievers. Death is coming with this horse. And Hades followed with him, the abode of the dead. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth. Now, this is um, significant. So, pale, chloros, chlorophyll. Four weapons are mentioned here. A sword, which is war. Hunger or famine. Uh, It says, and then with death, that some translations translate it plague, and by the beasts of the earth. So, there's going to be different ways that unbelievers are going to meet their demise. It's, it's going to be somewhat through war. It's going to be somewhat through famine. It's going to be somewhat through plagues and somewhat even by wild beasts who are going to be, you know, roaming the earth and, and attacking people during this time. And it says here that over a fourth of the earth will die. 
Now, presently, there are about 7.9 billion people on the planet. So almost 8 billion people are on the planet today. So we're talking a fourth. We're talking over a fourth, it says here. We're talking 2 billion people. This is significant. 2 billion people are going to die in the first series here. So this is obviously a very sober time here, a very terrible time here. And it says that they will die some again by war, hunger again. The whole issue of famine is still an issue here. And then with death, again, the Greek word can be translated plagues, and some, some translations translated as plagues. You know, it's interesting that after World War II, more people died in Europe from influenza and typhoid than all the casualties of World War II combined. Disease killed more people after World War II as a result of the war and as a result of, you know, um, unsanitary conditions and the devastation that happened throughout Europe. You had rampant influenza, you had rampant typhoid, and as a result of influenza and typhoid, more people died from those diseases after World War II than all the casualties of World War II combined. So again, we can see how this, this is something that's not so far-fetched. In the 14th century, the bubonic plague, otherwise known as the Black Death, took, you know, they didn't really keep the greatest records in the 14th century. Plus, plus, you know, when you have so many massive people dying, you just have massive graves and people are trying to bury the dead as quickly as they possibly can. But an estimated 30 to 60 percent of the entire population of Europe died as a result of the bubonic plague. Some estimates say that half of Europe's population, more than half, 60%, died as a result of the bubonic plague, an estimated anywhere from 75 to 200 million people died in the 14th century from the bubonic plague, from one disease, 75 to 200 million people. So again, I know COVID is on our minds, and the death rate actually is lower than influenza, thankfully, but when you think of something like the bubonic plague and how it took tens of millions of people, it doesn't take much, folks. One bacteria, one organism, one virus, and then you have a disaster on your hands. Verse 9, when he opened the fifth seal, so we're done with the horses now, the four horsemen, but we still have a few more seals here. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Okay, now notice we're talking about believers. People will die during the tribulation period for their faith. They will be martyred for their faith, and they were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, And it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were, was completed. So Jesus opens the fifth seal. And what we have here between verses 9 through 11 is the the record of the death of some unbelievers during the tribulation period. 
During the tribulation, believers die for not worship. There's two reasons, basically, that believers will die during the tribulation. They will die for not worshiping the beast or for not receiving his mark. That's all in, in Revelation chapter 13. So we'll eventually get to that. Now, some of you are saying, wait a minute, I thought you said believers are out of here. We don't go through the tribulation. Why are people dying here in the tribulation who are believers? Because it's still possible for you to get saved during the tribulation period. Believers who are alive at the time when the trumpet call is sounded will be snatched from the earth, will be kept safe and not have to go through this. But the unbelievers who are left behind will still have opportunity to get saved. There will be people who will still have an opportunity to trust Christ as their Savior. And again, because the wrath of God is being poured out here, and and there will be finally some people who will finally bend the knee and bow to God and recognize his lordship and confess their sins and accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. But it's going to take all this stuff. I mean, you start to see billions of people dying around you, that ought to wake you up pretty quickly, right? You start to see, you're like, you know, the world's falling apart. We got all this stuff happening here. I better get right with Jesus. Yeah, it's your come to Jesus moment, literally. And so people will be able to get saved during that time, but here's what's going to happen. When they don't receive the mark of the beast, we'll talk about that later, 666, we get to Revelation 13, and they don't have the capacity to buy or sell, and or they don't worship the beast who demands to be worshipped, they will be martyred during the tribulation period. And so what John sees here are the souls of the saints who have now gone to heaven, and they're under the altar of God here, and they're crying out for justice. They're saying, how long, O Lord, will you allow all this terrible stuff to go on the earth before you avenge our death? And the Lord is basically saying to them, the time is not complete yet. There are more people who are still going to be a part of the kingdom, and unfortunately, they're going to suffer the same martyrdom you have, but the time is not yet complete. But God is not oblivious to these things. He's going to take care of it. But they're wanting justice here to avenge their deaths, their murders as martyrs. And so in verse 12, I looked when he opened the sixth seal and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became like blood and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. And so when the sixth seal is broken, it unleashes unrestrained universal natural catastrophes. We're talking earthquakes, volcanic explosions, meteor showers, asteroids, tsunamis, all of this. In 1883, the Krakatoa Islands, uh, which were volcanic islands in the South Pacific, erupted, 1883, The eruption was heard 3,000 miles away. It created tidal waves 1,500 miles away. And it changed the tides 7,000 miles away. One volcano. And it changed the world's weather for two years. Okay, because of the ash and the blocking of the sun and how it affected the atmosphere. That was just one volcano in 1883. And so the Bible predicts here earthquakes, volcanic explosions, meteor showers, asteroids, tsunamis. Some of you have been following some of this, but I just read on the news this article that says, because one of the things it says here is the moon became like blood. And so everybody's looking for like the blood moon. You know, listen, you won't be here for the blood moon, okay? 
You understand so far how we've been going through this? You won't be here for the blood moon. So people are like, I saw the blood moon. Well, then you, you missed something else. Uh, but I read this article just the, just the other day that says the moon is, quote, rusting, and scientists are stunned. It's already starting to turn red. And in the article... It says it's leaving experts perplexed by the discovery. The research published in Science Advances, the lead author of the study, Shuai Li of the University of Hawaii, said in a statement, quote, it's very puzzling. Quote, the moon is a terrible environment for what they call hematite to form in. Hematite is a ferric mineral. So, it, you know, it's an iron mineral. And it talks about how the rust, also known as iron oxide, is what gives Mars its reddish color. And scientists are saying the same kind of thing is happening to our moon, and they don't understand it. They don't understand why it's happening. At first, quote, I totally didn't believe it. It shouldn't exist based on the conditions present on the moon, said study co-author NASA JPL planetary geoscientist Abigail Freeman. And so it's just an interesting article about how scientists are stunned about the moon starting to turn red, this rust look. And then I read this other article, potentially hazardous asteroid wider than two football fields set to fly past Earth next week. So I don't know if we'll be here for the study next week or not, um, but if we're not, you were told in advance, okay? But actually, you know, as I started reading it, you know, scientifically speaking, when they say it's coming near Earth, well, in the article it says, well, 4.2 million miles away. Okay, so that, that doesn't look like a near disaster anytime soon, but it says that it's going to pass at 24,000 miles per hour. That's, it's careening at 24,000 miles per hour, and they call these asteroids near-Earth objects, or NEOs. And uh, so as I read further in the article, it said that according to a 2018 report put together by Planetary.org, there are more than 18,000 NEOs around our planet right now. At any one moment, I'm thinking, like, could one just kind of careen off course? In fact... It says a basketball court-sized asteroid flew at least 45,000 miles away from Earth, according to NASA's asteroid watch. And it says, and separately, an asteroid the size of a pickup truck flew within 2,000 miles of Earth, the closest ever recorded. And then I love this. It was missed by NASA until it flew past the planet. (laughs) Wake up, NASA. You should be telling us. But anyway, I just share those things as a point of reference that, you know, what will it take? It won't take very much for God to kind of redirect some of these things and for them to impact the planet. And the end of this chapter, then verse 14, then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up. That's a line in a hymn. Is it how great thou art or one of those amazing grace? And one of the hymns, I think it's how great thou art. It talks about, you know, then the sky will recede and will be rolled up moved out of its place. And verse 15, in the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave, every free man hid themselves. Listen to this. They hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us. Like it's going to be so terrible that people just want to die, like fall on us, just bury us to hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand. You know, it's sad when you think about it because instead of them kneeling and bowing and humbling themselves to the one 
who is behind this and surrendering to the lamb, they just hide themselves. They hide themselves. And they just ask the mountains and the rocks to fall on them. We have the choice. It's either we, we hide from God or we run to God. That's always been the choice throughout time and eternity. And that will be the choice even in this day. You can either run from God or you can run to God. And I guarantee you, running to Him is a lot better. Amen? That's all we have for today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. If you'd like to listen to this edition in Revelation again, or if you'd like to explore other messages from Pastor Gary through his Bible teachings, just visit our website, cornerstoneconnection.cc. Or you can download our mobile app to stay connected to the truth of God's Word everywhere you go. It's a great way to have a quiet time anytime. You'll find a link on our website, along with more information about the church behind this ministry, Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you. Come visit us. You'll find service times and more information about Cornerstone Chapel at cornerstoneconnection.cc. Is there anything happening in your life right now that we could be praying for? We'd be honored to do that for you. Or is there anything God's doing that deserves some rejoicing? Please let us know. We love that we can interact with our listeners. So send us a quick email and we'll get back to you soon. Prayer at cornerstonechapel.net. That's prayer at cornerstonechapel.net. With that, our time with you has come to an end for today. Put a marker where we left off in this final book of the Bible and make plans to join Pastor Gary next time for more, right here on Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know You're not a General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.